Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Editor-in-Chief of ACG's magazine, Middle Market Growth. This episode features my interview with Joseph Comartin, Canada's Consul General in Detroit, who spoke at an event earlier this month hosted by ACG's Detroit, Western Michigan, and Toronto chapters focused on cross-border trade. Consul General Comartin served in Canada's parliament from 2000 to 2015, and he assumed his current role last year. He sat down with me to talk about the Canadian perspective on its trade relationship with the United States and the Trump administration's tariffs on steel and aluminum. We'll be releasing a second episode, also taped at the Cross-Border Connections event, featuring perspectives from members of the participating ACG chapters about how trade policy is impacting the middle market and ACG members. We're complementing that with stories on our website about the March to Manage Trade and a forthcoming story about the growing cannabis market in the U.S. and Canada. Look for those articles on middlemarketgrowth.org. With that, here is my interview with Consul General Joseph Comartin. I am here with Joseph Comartin, the Consul General of Canada in Detroit. Joe, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So we're both here in Detroit attending ACG's Cross-Border Connections Conference, where you gave an address this morning. Can you describe the trade relationship between the state of Michigan and Canada? Well, whenever I talk about this, Katie, I always uh, think in terms and talk in terms of how unique it is in in the whole globe. We have a greater trade relationship in, in terms of volume, in terms of its history than any other country, any other two countries in the world. I'll just use uh, as one example, the, uh, the trading relationship is at such level that 37 of the 50 states uh, have Canada as their their first export market. And uh, the other 20, uh, other 13 states, I think 10 of them, we're, we're the second uh, for the United States. There's only three that we're not. And that that's just a reflection. And the dollars are phenomenal. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we crossed the trillion dollar mark between the trade between Canada, the United States, and Mexico uh, about a year ago. We have 400,000 people who cross the border. A good deal of that, some of it's tourism related, but most of it is is because of economic uh, relations. That's on a daily basis. 400,000 people cross the Canadian-U.S. border on a daily basis. And there's been a lot of talk this morning during the conference about the NAFTA renegotiation. Um, Can you talk about that and and the impact that you expect that will have on, on trade between the two countries? Well, obviously, uh, President Trump was the one who raised this. He raised it during the campaign for the presidency and then um, opened up negotiations or basically forced negotiations subsequently. There was really no opposition from Canada and the United States and, and Mexico with regards to uh, looking at the agreement again. Uh, there were obviously terms on the U.S. side that neither of those two countries were prepared to accept and, and did not ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were areas that clearly needed improvement. We always use the, as the classic example, the digital economy. When NAFTA was originally signed in 1993, um, there there wasn't a digital economy. So that is one that we've addressed. Uh, Certainly not, we haven't, we haven't finalized the, uh, the arrangements that need to be made between the three countries of dealing with the digital economy. But uh, we opened the door uh, Mm -hmm. clearly on that. I think the other major plus for it that needed change was to try and create a, a level playing field with regards to labor standards and environmental standards. I'll proudly say as a Canadian that we have the best in that regard, but the United States is only slightly behind us. But Mexico has uh, clearly uh, nowhere near the protection for their workforce um, and their environment 
uh, that our two countries do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some major strides forward in that regard in this incorporated into this agreement. There's some question as to how enforceable those new standards are going to be vis-a-vis Mexico. Canada's position is that this is a major step forward. It will protect it. It'll create that level playing field. Um, if there is an enforceability problem, we will deal with it subsequently as the the agreement is put into play. Another topic that's been addressed uh, during this conference has been the steel and aluminum tariffs, which are obviously on on companies' minds. You know, what are you hearing from businesses, and how are you advising them? Well, uh, let me start by saying this morning when I, I addressed this, I was generally in my top talk this morning was very positive about the relationship between ourselves and the United States and with Mexico as well. Uh, but the one serious concern that we've got, and, and it, it's a real fly in the ointment, if I can be use that analogy, is that this has had the impact uh, from two vantage points. Our long-term relationship between Canada and the United States has been a very friendly one. You know, after the War of 1812, which ended in 1814, we've had you know no military conflict between us at all, and the relationship around trade and you know sharing economic uh, uh, well-being on both sides of the border has been consistent right through that period of time, with very few exceptions, and and the exceptions are pretty minor. This is that's not true about these tariffs. These tariffs are having a very negative impact on our economy, uh, on the Canadian side, but also on the U.S. side, for that matter. But for Canada, uh, the really offensive part of the of the tariffs is the basis on which they were imposed, which was that of national security vis-a-vis the United States. In effect, pointing the finger at Canada and saying, uh, we no longer trust you. We, you. You are a threat to our economy, mm-hmm. uh, to our national security. That's what 232, the, that regulation provides for. Um, that was just, and I'm going to repeat, that was extremely offensive to us given our long history, whether it was, you know, the, all the cooperation we've had on a military basis, you know, during the First World War, the Second World War, Korea, Afghanistan, you can just go down the list. The ongoing work that we do in terms of intelligence gathering, all of that um, said, we're not, we're not a threat. Uh, we're, we're not an enemy. Uh, we're a long, long-term ally. And uh, this administration has put a serious crimp in that relationship. I'm hoping that the tariffs will be listed, and I, I asked support from the, the community that I was speaking to this morning uh, to do whatever they can to encourage their legislators to press the White House to lift these tariffs. Um, we put into play countervails, both Mexico and the United States, uh, Canada put in countervails. Uh, we both pledged very clearly and unequivocally they will be lifted immediately once the U.S. ones are lifted against the, the, our two countries. So, spend the next few years rebuilding the relationship because it has had a very negative impact on the relationship. And I understand that there's a major bridge project underway that's going to have significant economic impact. Can you talk about that and how that'll impact the relationship between the two countries? Yeah, we, we, the, the Windsor-Detroit corridor now is, is really a, uh, it's almost a gridlock, but there's a real bottleneck there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times the Ambassador Bridge, which uh, is the only crossing where trucks uh, can cross between Canada and the United States in, in this corridor, um, is oftentimes down to one lane each way. Uh, the new bridge, which is under construction now, started in October of last year of 2018, slated to be finished in 2024. It'll have six lanes, three going both ways in its initial uh, opening and the ability to expand that to two more lanes in in both directions. It uh, will be a a real boom to the manufacturing sector in that corridor. Uh, It'll connect uh, the major Trans-Canada Highway with I-75 in in Michigan, so the the corridor will be completely open. 
as opposed to the way it is now where they regularly they go through city streets and there's you know trucks are having to stop the estimate from the uh, auto companies for instance is that they basically do four trips a day now moving parts back and forth per, for every driver that's on an eight hour seven and a half to eight hour shift they figure they're going to be able to increase that to five five trips a day so a 20 percent increase oh, wow. in efficiency it's a real boon for, for the trucking sector but also for the manufacturing sector uh, just generally Canada is paying for the bridge entirely. Uh, we'll recover, although it's half owned by the state of Michigan as well as the uh, Canadian side being owned by Canadians. The uh, we'll we'll get their share, the uh, U.S. share, back by way of tolls over the next uh, we estimate roughly thirty years. And it's it's one that uh, has really uh, created a very good working relationship just with around that white item between uh, province of Ontario and the state. Joe, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Great insight. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. Subscribe to the podcast in SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, where you can listen to past episodes, and look out for our next podcast episode featuring ACG member perspectives on the impact of global trade issues on the middle market. If you haven't yet signed up for ACG's biggest conference of the year, Intergrowth, 2000 attendees will be coming to Orlando on May 6th through 8th for networking and meetings, and baseball all-star A-Rod is just one of a full lineup of speakers. Check out the full program and sign up at intergrowth.org. And one more ask. If you know a colleague or another ACG member who might be interested in this podcast, please send them a link. And if you've been listening for a while and you like the content, consider rating the podcast or leaving a review. Ratings and reviews are a big part of how other listeners find out about us. So if you can take just a couple minutes to do that, it would really be a huge help. After you've rated the show, head over to our website, middlemarketgrowth.org, for more stories about successful mid-sized companies and trends in middle market M&A.